is Lou Moore. I'm the president of the Washington Research Council, and I'm here today with our senior economist, Dr. Chris Showbloom, and we're going to talk about Washington State's tax policy. So, Chris, tell me, uh, other than, than, than our individual tax bills, uh, what is significant about the state's tax policy? Well, you know, one of the, um, from where we sit at the Research Council, uh, worrying a, a great deal about the state's economy and uh, the ability of businesses to succeed here. Um, one, of, one of the key things about our state is that we raise a significantly larger share of our um, tax revenue of our state and local uh, governments uh, from taxes levied directly on businesses rather than taxes levied on individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, um, all in all, we've we've grown. I have a fairly successful economy growing up under this system, but it's it's a it's a fact of life, mm-hmm. uh, sure. and it, yeah. it, it creates um, um, issues uh, with uh, with specific businesses and the way that they interact with the tax system that we have to be careful of uh, mm-hmm. and mindful of. Yeah, I think our regular readers are well aware of this, uh, but um, I am sure the average person in the state probably does not know that we are the sixth highest in business taxes per employee. Yes. Um, as an example. As, as, a, as an example, or that we raise 40, uh, 58% of, um, of our revenues from taxes on businesses. Um, I, I think the consequence of, of this high share of, uh, of the taxes being imposed directly on businesses means that we have to be pretty careful mm-hmm. looking at uh, at the way the system is 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 operating on various businesses to be sure that we're not um, creating specific problems for them sure um, and, and the unfortunate thing about that is that it yeah, because we're constantly having to look over and, and make sure that make adjustments uh, to avoid unduly impacting specific businesses it, it makes our tax code uh, look as if it's layered with uh, uh, special deals for businesses whereas usually what we're what we're uh, we're not trying to give businesses a specially good deal, a specific business especially good deal. What we're trying to do is avoid giving specific businesses a particularly bad deal. Sure. So, uh, the state. Uh, so the the uh, the state and uh, many folks in the policy arena call these adjustments to the tax code that businesses get uh, preferences but is that really an accurate term well, preference it, it's uh, as i said um, um, most recently when writing about this it's, it's sort of a tendentious term um, it, it's the term that's written into law but it's it's usually uh, you know preference is is Kind of will suggest that people are getting some kind of a good deal out of this, but usually, as I said, it's kind of trying to 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 sand the rough edges off of our tax code and avoid um, uh, effectively gouging at particular businesses. Uh, the way they're structured, and then the the way their structure interacts with our tax code, and in in cases can can uh, 
result in an inordinately high tax uh, uh, bill for for specific businesses. So, so, uh, so let's talk a little bit about the kind of taxes that businesses pay. So it's well uh, understood in this state that we do not have an income tax, and we're only right. one of six or seven states that don't have one. And so our tax structure is a little different than most of the states. And why don't you talk about that just for a minute? Okay, so um, we can go over what you know what taxes the business what are the the major taxes businesses uh, pay um the the big three for businesses are the the sales tax uh, the property tax and the business and occupation tax mm-hmm. um and these what, preferences where are they usually found they are usually found with respect to the sales tax and the business and occupation tax but let me the um um a number of people who, are, who, who, who haven't looked very carefully at our tax system uh, would be surprised uh, to learn that the biggest single tax on business is the sales tax. I think most people think that the sales tax is just a tax on consumption. It's mm-hmm. a consumer's tax. But it's a, it, it, is, it is a significant business tax. Um, so if I have a business in this state, how, how am I going to be paying uh, sales tax as a business? Well, um, um, a couple of examples of that. Yeah, it, it depends on the, the specific business, the way this plays. But if you're um, a um, um, a baker, <clears throat> you'll pay sales tax on um, on your pan on the on the on the oven that you bake bake in. You'll pay pay sales tax on the bowls in which you mix your your dough. Uh, you'll pay sales tax on on the spoon that you use to mix within the bowl. Um, you'll pay sales tax on the baking sheet or the cake pan that you use to uh, uh, to uh, 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 in or on which you push the dough into the oven, mm-hmm. hoping for uh, the the miracle of, of rising with with baking. Um, so you pay, pay pay sales tax on a lot of that sort of and equipment that you pay for. Um, you pay sales tax on the paper um, which goes into your cash register to print out a receipt when you sell sell a. Um, uh, um, a, um, a, a bun, sticky bun. To, uh, and to and just like. relatively speaking, uh, again, a lot of our listeners know this already, but um, where does our sales tax sit, state and local sales tax, in terms of other states? It's relatively high. Um, our um, 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 state sales tax of six and a half percent is the ninth highest in the in in the nation. Uh, if you look, if you combine the state tax with the local taxes, and you have to do an average because the local tax varies as you move around the state, uh, uh, the tax foundation estimates that our combined state and local sales tax is the fifth highest in the uh, uh, in the nation. Okay, so when we talk about businesses being involved in this tax, it is pretty significant. Then. It is pretty significant, and when you compare us to, um, and, and as I say, that sometimes when you look at the way this interacts, it it's going to hit some businesses much more heavily than others, relatively speaking, and mm-hmm. and and uh, uh, it may be that you know times the legislature decide that they 
need to even things out a little bit, trying to come up with shaving the sales tax burden for some businesses who are particularly heavily hit. Uh, and because our tax rate is so high, <clears throat> this becomes more of a problem here than it is in other states. Mm-hmm. So you'll see our legislature needing to make more adjustments here than in other states. Why? And one of the reasons that it's it's not um, such a good thing to just compare um, the number of, of times that our legislature chooses to make adjustments compared to other states uh, because uh, the problem here is the higher rates here make the problem more significant. Okay, and so um, the, the sales tax situation uh, is more impactful, potentially more significant here. But then uh, looking at the, one of the other taxes you just named, the business and occupation tax, most states don't have that type of gross receipts tax. That's so right. can you talk about that? Yes, um, um, and we've had this tax since, in one form or another, since 1933. Um, and it's a tax on a business's gross revenues you know you can think of it as on their gross income without any deductions for any of the costs of of doing business Um, because it's on gross income um, the tax rates that apply are uh, much lower than you see on income taxes that are that, that are that are imposed in other states but the amount of 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 uh, a base, the amount that the, the uh, tax is applying to is significantly greater. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like to think of it, compare it to the the income taxes that are imposed in other states, and uh, which are, are going to be um, both corporate income taxes for uh, businesses that are organized as uh, what are called C corporations. Those are the corporations that pay the federal income tax. And then also businesses will be who are not organized as C corporations um, will have income tax through the owner's personal income tax. Mm-hmm. Um, when you um, um, just if you, if you think of those taxes, those income taxes as being the uh, what corresponds in other states to our B&O tax, um, um, you'll see that our 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 we we get more um, than our from our B&O tax than the other states um, get from their um, uh, from their. Um, uh, um, corporate and personal income taxes on okay. business income. So, so let's talk about that for a second, if we can. So, uh, if you're in another state, and I know the rates are, are different, but uh, if you're paying a corporate income tax, you have a lot of deductions. Probably That's you right. Can take. That's right. You have a lot of deductions. They they hit you with a with a higher rate because of the deductions. But but if you compare to what we're our businesses paying in business and occupations tax to what businesses in other states are paying in the income. Mm-hmm. Taxes, the total amount paid per employee, um, um, we rank um, third highest among the states. And, and uh, when so we talk about deductions, uh, the principal one is they are they're only paying on the net, are that's they not? Right, they're only paying on the net. Yeah, so that makes a big difference right there. If they're only paying on their profits as opposed to every dollar that comes yes. through the door. And I'm guessing that there are some businesses like retail, uh, well, like supermarkets. I mean, the markup is not that high there. And there a lot of dollars are falling through there That's as right. we buy our groceries. So it can be very significant, yes. particularly significant to some business models. Yes, yes. And the, um, that's one of the things, the unevenness that happens that we end up with our... Uh, 
system hitting some some businesses much more highly than than other businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. So. Um, so that would be one reason to make an, an adjustment. Well, why don't you talk about that? I mean, well, what is the rationale for adjusting uh, the tax rates or providing a preference, an incentive, whatever uh, terminology one wants to use? I mean, fr- from the standpoint of the citizens of the state and the government of the state, why is it in their interest? Why is it in our interest to uh, to have those? Well. <clears throat> At some level, we just—I think—I think the way to think think about it is that there's a <clears throat> some notion of a, of a of a fair way of distributing the um, the burden of government mm-hmm. across people, um, and we um, 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 put in place a, a set of, of, of a, a initial basic set of rules about the way the the uh, the cost of, of government is going is going to be. Um, distributed uh, a fairly simple set of rules um, and then um, when in operation we look and see what the results of those rules are um, and um, um, and decide that the, that the the direct application of those rules is actually uh, resulting in somewhat of an uh, unfair distribution and and so we we try and put some shims in to adjust down the the the, the burden on the businesses that are being hit uh, unduly high sure um, the, the the interesting thing here is that I think that that we haven't in any place written down an exact statement of what we consider to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, the statement of what's what's considered to be fair is is found in the tax code itself. The way it is, it, the, the legislature has decided to to divvy up the burden. Sure, um, and it, it's kind of it's in the legislator's mind when they make those decisions. Mm-hmm. Sure. So we were talking about uh, different business models being affected differently by, for example, the sales tax. But uh, another issue that uh, emerges with the uh, B&O tax, with the gross receipts tax, is how the business is structured and how much tax yes. is loaded into some of the items that they're that they're dealing with. You want to talk about the, yes, the, yes, the pyramiding the, phenomenon? The, the, um, you know. With the business and occupation tax and also the sales tax, we tax business can be in some many instances are taxing business to business uh, transactions, uh, taxing a sale of a, of a good or a service from by one business to a second business. Um, if those businesses were to integrate, merge. Um, that transaction would not take place across a market, but would take place just internally, and the uh, and the transaction would not then be subject to tax under the B and O or the sales tax, mm-hmm. um, typically. Um, <clears throat> and so, for the for for that reason, the um, um, the, the both the, our our business our sales tax and our business occupation tax uh, promote vertical integration of businesses in a way that uh, that economists might think is is um, inefficient and when you say vertical integration that means that means that a um, um, uh, a, um, a business <coughs> owns um, um, suppliers of, of various inputs that they use in production one way or another okay. you know, 
for example, if you might have um, um, oh, a business that owns the, um, the, the building in which it holds its offices has a decision of whether to directly hire cleaning staff or to contract with an outside firm to come in and provide cleaning services. Mm-hmm. Um, if we, uh, um, uh, if if the choice is made to use an outside supplier, then the uh, state will collect business and occupation tax on the the payment from the business to the supplier uh, of the of, of janitorial services. If if the um, um, business decides instead to hire its own janitorial staff, it doesn't pay business. No business and occupation tax is collected on the wages paid to the um, to the to the to the janitorial staff. Sure. So so that's a. Uh that's a phenomenon with both those taxes in the sales tax and our uh, our gross receipts tax. tax yes and because because and and then, but with sales tax there are some of these transactions that just fall within the the, the limited mm-hmm. set of goods and services that we apply the sales tax to and some others that fall outside so conceivably two businesses side by side that uh, sell a similar product may have a completely different tax burden that's as a result right. that's and so right. that might be a reason to adjust that might be that might be a reason to adjust and okay. it might be a reason that you kind of worry about this this sure. tax um, sure so so uh, another phenomenon that is uh, as uh, uh, economies are integrated more and more both uh, in the united states and around the world but a lot of what we sell as washington businesses uh, is to other states yes so Talk about out-of-state sales, how we handle it, how other states handle it, and how that fits in in terms of tax uh, adjustments. Um, the um, from a, from an economic development, let's step back a bit. From an economic development uh, point of view, um, we worry a lot about the businesses that we have that sell to customers in other states because those sales bring money into into the state and ultimately the the size of this um, of the state's economy is critically dependent on the um, on, on our businesses success in selling to out-of-state customers Okay, so we, so that's a good thing. Yeah, well, it's we a good want thing. That. It's called it's called what's called the economic base model of <laughs> of, of economic development. Um, for that reason, states worry a, a lot about the the, um, the 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 costs they impose on these exporting industries. Mm-hmm. Um, and and one of the things we've seen over the last thirty years is that um, that the many states have modified their state income tax systems um, so as not to impose in- income tax on sales uh, out of state. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the picture I'm getting here with what you just said and, and, and some of your earlier comments is there is a little bit of an attitude that well they have an income tax so of course they're going to have deductions but in this state we don't have an income tax so yes. when we make an adjustment to try to make it fairer yes. or make our folks more competitive which we want to talk more about that yeah. 
it's a big deal. It's yes. a, it's a it's a preference. It's a, the state's yes. handing things out. Yes. So you uh, you're getting to an interesting point, and just actually pulling out this out for me because you um, that the other states have we have a, a a big book that's put together every four years that details um, all the tax preferences we have. The, Books called the calls and tax exemptions for that case mm-hmm. in this example, um, but but um, other states similarly have have books like that. Um, the states that have changed around their income taxes so as to um, 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 relieve exporting businesses from the need to to pay from 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 the income tax burden don't count that. Uh, the, that benefit to the exporting businesses to be a tax preference. Mm-hmm. They think it's just the, a part of the normal way of, tra- of structuring a tax system. Sure. And and I, I, I guess most of the states use the federal model. Is that correct? Pretty much. Yes, is that yeah, right? Or yeah. Well, most of the states um, um, have a system in which um, they calculate how they look. They, 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 for each business, the, they they see how much income that business is reporting to the federal government Mm -hmm. and then decide on what share of that overall uh, business should be assigned and taxed in the state in question um and and what they're what they've gone to is is a system in which um, the share to be taxed excludes all the businesses all the sales that go have gone to out-of-state customers sure. so they only want to tax the share of the share of businesses income that's associated with sales to people who are in state customers who are in state so this brings up another element I and mean, we've talked about having adjustments uh, to tax rates in order to be fair to businesses but uh, another angle to this is the fact that we are competing with the other 49 states yes. to even have these businesses that's right so we're trying to and uh, we, we that, that's the economic development aspect of this of the um of the tax preferences and again it would it it, it what we uh, what legislators do is they try uh, they take a look at the way our tax code is operating on businesses and and to the extent that they've got a business that's selling out of state and the tax co- uh, the 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 tax burden that we're imposing seems to be in, inordinately large they come up with a way to kind of reduce that some uh, sure but, but these are the key businesses for the for the that that everybody benefits from uh, so, so when I see that commercial, which I've seen fairly frequently for New York State, and they say, come to New York State, we've lowered our taxes. Yes. Uh, that's what we're talking about that's here. That's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, sure. Um, so uh, another term that uh, comes into to play here uh, in terms of tax preferences, and it, it certainly was a term thrown around uh, as far as uh, controversies with the aerospace industry and uh, the labor folks there is the term clawback. Yes. A clawback. Yes. So you want to talk about that for a moment. So um, uh, the term clawback has been used here, some some in this state. Um, I think it's really not been been correctly used here. I, th- I think that, you know, some states... Um, not Washington, but some states actually will open their checkbook and write a check 
to a to a business who's coming to uh, to locate in the state and build a plant equipment. They will just you know you know contribute some money towards the um, the construction of a plant, buy land for them, and so on. So um, and so and so in these states um, now, if you if you come and sign up for one of these programs under which the state is writing you a check. Um, there will be a set of expectations of kind of what your level of business activity will be. Mm-hmm. And if you fail to meet that activity, you're expected to write a check back to the state to, to, to oh. refund some of the money they've given you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it makes sense. If you're, if you're coming in and, and the state is contributing $200 million to the construction of a billion-dollar plant, um, and then, after three years, the, uh, the 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 plant closes down. It makes some sense to to give the give some of that uh, for the for the state to expect to get some of that money back. So is that uh, what's been going on in our state? That really doesn't go on. Our state constitution prevents us from doing the um, 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 going going that. Provide, uh, providing um, um, incentives of that form. We just so can't, the state right? can't. The state can't, can't write a check. Can't, to, uh, state can't write a check. All the state can really do is um, offer to reduce the size of the check that the business is going smart. to be is going to be writing in the form of taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so in that sense, it's really it's really very different. And, and secondly, that that our tax code has to be written in a way that it treats sort of all similar businesses in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, for example, when to pick a company out, like Boeing, where there's a reduction in the tax rate that applies to Boeing in order to to make this a bit more attractive place to, to locate the production line of a new airplane. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that reduction in tax rate has to apply to everybody in the aerospace industry. So if Airbus comes in... They get it. Mm-hmm. Well, and it applies to their suppliers, and it applies to air, uh, to companies in the, in the uh, aerospace industry who are actually supplying Airbus. Sure. Uh, we do, we've actually getting a fair amount of that activity going on here today. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Boeing tax incentives um, from several years ago actually have benefited uh, those Airbus suppliers. So... Uh, and, that, and indirectly, they benefited Airbus. So something else I want to call out is uh, if you go on the Department of Revenue website, you can see uh, some statistics about these tax adjustments. And there's a huge number in terms of the total uh, amount of, of adjustments to tax. But isn't it true that some of these adjustments really are going to be pretty popular in the public and do not benefit a large corporation? Can we talk about that for a minute? I mean, what constitutes a tax preference or a tax adjustment according to the law? Yes, yes. Um, um, and let me just... I, yes, the um, um, if you look at the... Um, um, the, the, the tax exemption study, uh, which is this um, study that's done um, every four years, mm-hmm. um, there are um, um, the, the total value that's placed on those 
uh, for over a biennium of these tax preferences that are detailed, S- nearly 700 of them. Total values uh, to the um, uh, the foregone revenue from them, actually, is what we're talking about, is about $30 billion. It's a big number. Uh, but and, and just for yeah. perspective, how much money did the state spend just round figures uh, in the last biennium? Yeah, the, in round figures, if you look at the at the um, at the the um, adjusted state funds, not the federal funds, and if you look at the the programs in the general fund and, and a couple of related accounts, which are our general space uh, spending, uh, we are uh, in the mid thirties in the last biennium. So we're so in the mid thirties in spending, but there's thirty. Yeah, another thirty, 30 billion in, in tax the, uh, in preferences. The, these tax preferences. But why is there. that number so high? That's so, the, so, so, um, you know, the, um, 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 the, the, there are five preferences that account for half of that. Um, the, the, the first one is the um, is the, uh, the sales tax uh, exemption for uh, personal and professional services. Um, the second is the fact that employees don't have to pay B&O tax on their wages, uh, which was I have a feeling politicians billions. would not crack down on that one. Uh, yeah. um, um, the, uh, uh, the, um, uh, the third is the, is the exemption of the estate tax from, uh, um, uh, uh, for smaller estates. Um, and for um, um, the the fourth is the um, um, the sales tax exemption for groceries, uh, two point eight million dollars, and the fifth is the two point eight billion dollars, two point eight billion dollars, with a B, with a B, and and the and the fifth in that list is the um, is the fact that we don't collect sales tax on public utilities. Um, Which, but there are other taxes yeah. that are embedded already uh, yeah, in our yeah, bills. Already built in, already in some in taxes, although not the rate, overall rate is not quite as high as the mm-hmm. sales tax would be. Um, so you're not paying sales tax on the natural gas or electricity that fuel that you use to heat your home. Sure. sure. Um, and, and again, I think that would be fairly popular. I don't think yes. there'd be an outcry to, to, to institute that. So uh, yes. so the truth is, these preferences, uh, the, the amount of them in total is not nearly as high, really, really? as... As, as could be could be cited, cited. And, and I think and I think these exemptions are you know the food exemption is a nice one where it was uh, put in place uh, through an initiative mm-hmm. and I think the, um, the 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 voters said that when they that taxing food was not an appropriate way to pay for the for for, for the operation of government mm-hmm. sure sure so uh you mentioned uh, the state reviewing these uh, preferences or adjustments. Talk to us a little bit about what uh, system and what safeguards are in place so the public interest is being uh, met on an ongoing basis with these adjustments. Yeah, well, for the um, the past ten years or so, we've had a, <coughs> a process in place. Um, an institution calls the uh, um, the Citizen Commission. Um, uh, f- uh, for um, uh, uh, for the performance measurement of tax preferences, if I've got the name exactly right, I probably don't. Um, and and um, this group, um, um, uh, 
um, reviews on a 10-year rolling schedule. Uh, the majority, vast majority of, of tax preferences that are, um, have been identified um, by the Department of Revenue. Um, um, uh, and, and will recommend uh, whether uh, a preference be continued or, or um, uh, eliminated. Mm -hmm. um, the vast majority that they look at, they recommend to have continued. Mm -hmm. um, um, in the cases where they recommend um, uh, that it be eliminated, um, uh, only in a few cases has the, has the um, uh, legislature followed through on that. Mm -hmm. um, so it's uh, the cases where there's been a little bit more success by the by, for the Citizens Commission, if if you can call it success, is that uh, um, where preferences that um, come up, which were in the statute with a sunset date. Mm -hmm. um, um, a fair number of, of, of preferences which were scheduled to sunset and which the commission reviewed and recommended be allowed to sunset have actually sunsetted. Okay. So you're mentioning a citizens commission. Uh, we also hear the term JLARC. Uh, we we uh, hear that acronym uh, is, in this on this, uh, yeah, the in this discussion. So, so what's, who are they? For the Joint Legislative um audit and review committee and they and what's their relationship They're, to this commission they then? are um so this is a this is um a um a commission a committee that um that actually staffs the le uh, certain functions for the legislature mm -hmm. joint legislative audit and review committee you can see here that uh, in the name um and the 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 chief of the staff of the JLARC, his, his title is the legis is legislative auditor, mm -hmm. um, and they actually staff the uh, citizen citizen commission. Okay, uh, and they are actually uh, performing the formal review that goes on there. Mm -hmm. um, JLARC itself, um, the staff will make a set of recommendations on each of these uh, uh, preferences that is reviewed, uh, and then the citizen commit members of the citizen commission vote and make their own recommendations. So you actually have some cases where the JLARC staff's recommendation is a bit different from the citizens commission recommendation. Okay, so so. Uh on this topic of reviewing uh, tax adjustments, and I, I mentioned earlier this term clawback. So, um, getting a little bit specific now, uh, the, the, the clawback mean uh, the clawback comes into place when a business that gets a tax adjustment doesn't follow through with their half of the deal, so to yeah. speak. So, uh, in the case of aerospace, is that the case? Um, no, I, the. Um it's in the aerospace um, 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 tax incentives um, came in um, um, in two pieces of legislation. Um, the first of which um, was uh, passed in two thousand and three. Um, it was um, kind of in the in the uh, depths of the dot com bust. Um, and, and, and remember that, that for Washington State, um, that downturn was doubly bad. Mm -hmm. um, we had the, the collapse of the dot-com economy uh, in 2001. 
uh, which started a national recession and a recession that hit the central Puget Sound region pretty pretty badly. Mm-hmm. And then as that re- recession was ending, we had 9-11, oh. um, which, mm-hmm. which upset air travel. In a tremendously and created created a crisis in air travel travel, which then created a crisis for Boeing. A lot of canceled orders, if canceled I remember orders. correctly. And so we were in a double uh, a double a double whammy here. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, and the and the the effect on 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 Boeing was much longer live than the effect on the the the, the dot dot com effect uh, sure. was. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and at the midst of, as Boeing was reeling with with this problem, uh, um, the stemming from nine one one, they did what Boeing has often done in the past. They've doubled down, and they decided to bet the company. They introduced, uh, came forward with a plan for a brand new airplane. Um, built with a brand new material, carbon fiber, um, a very different from uh, involving very different manufacturing processes than they'd had than they'd been using on airplanes um, um, since before World War II. I mean, the amazing thing if you you go through the inside of a B seventeen. And look at the aluminum structure and the ribs and the rivets, and then you go on the production line at, at down in Renton and walk through a 737 and look at the construction with with aluminum rig ribs and and sheets and rivets. It looks very much the same. Mm-hmm. Um, when Boeing decided to launch into this new with this with this make this major bet on the on the 787, I will say a, a bet that hasn't turned out that well for them because of the turned out the learning curve was much harder than they thought. Mm-hmm. Um, they were no longer as wedded to the Northwest as they had been before mm-hmm. with this new generation, um, and they decided that they were going to put this uh, this the the plant in which these new planes were being assembled up for up for bid, mm-hmm. um, and and the, the leaders of the state um, um, took a look and decided that um, in order to keep Boeing here, that they needed to come up with a package that would respond to a number of the complaints that Boeing had been making over a number of years. Um, part of that was a was a complaint uh, w- 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 involved some tax changes, which is which is what gets a lot of the the um, uh, the uh, attention today. Mm-hmm. But they also were some transportation issues they wanted to deal with, were problems with the workers' compensation system, something issues having to do with unemployment insurance, a number of different business climate issues. Um, Anyway, the state stepped forward, um, um, and in 2003 passed um, this uh, aerospace um, tax package. In particular, um, the, um, the 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 adjustments made to the tax code in that package were conditioned on Boeing actually locating what is now the 787 final assembling uh, line 
in Washington. Mm-hmm. Boeing did do that, uh, did locate that assembly line here, and only after they'd committed um, actually to doing that were, were, the, um, were the incentives fully implemented. Okay. Um, so we got that. Um, and so they, we got, we, that's what they promised and they delivered. Mm-hmm. Um, then, uh, when the, um, uh, f- about 10 years later, uh, when Boeing was looking to uh, um, uh, come out with a, an updated version of the 777, the 777, uh, called the 777X, um, which was going to use uh, uh, the old fuselage with some modifications, but brand new carbon fiber wings, um, the Boeing announced that um, uh, that it was looking to make those wings them- itself. The, uh, the 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 wings for the older triple seven were built in in uh, Japan and shipped over here, uh, and that they were not sure. Uh, we're going to look for a, a location to locate to, to to do that manufacturing, and while they were going looking around for that, they were going to offer up uh, the possibility of assembling the, uh, the 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 new version of the plane someplace other than Everett, where they're currently assembling the seven eight seven, and um, and uh, the state stepped up with a, a, a new package. Um, um, which essentially, by and large, the, the major portion of that was just extending the sunset of the uh, the 2003 incentives from okay. from 2024 to 2040, um, and but and then some some sales tax um, uh, elimination of sale if sales tax on the construction of the plant that would for the new wings. Um, and anyway, so they they they. Offered that up and made that whole th- whole um, um, uh, set of of incentives uh, conditional on Boeing actually manufacturing uh, the new wings here. Mm-hmm. And Boeing has built uh, a new plant up there, a billion dollar plant uh, to build the wings, and they're going forward. Uh, they sure. delivered on that, and then they had one other kind of backstop in there, and saying that if yeah, so, so those those extensions only came into play if they built if they if Boeing went forward and built that plant, which they have done, and then there's an initial backstop there, which says for that for Boeing, if it ever in the future moves part of the assembly of the seven eight the seven, the triple seven X out of state. Um, the the, um, the Boeing's uh, would lose the reduced B&O rates. Okay. So I'm going to bring up a couple of other types of uh, tax incentives or adjustments, if you will. Uh, research and development. Some people argue that, well, these big companies, well, why are we paying, paying or why are we reducing their taxes uh, to facilitate their research and development when they're just going to make a bunch of money off of their research and development? Can you talk a little bit about R&D and the importance uh, to so, that so, so for the economy the, the, overall? Um, well, the first thing is that is that um, um, the, the way the R&D um, um, incentives are written, um, let me leave aside the, 
the ones, the aerospace portion of the R&D incentives, um, the amount any one firm can uh, can get from that incentive is is, is capped. So that that um, most of that, a great deal of that money goes to smaller firms. It's not just benefiting the big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, the the argument for the R&D incentives themselves is that is a, is what economists call an externality argument, um, and, and that has to do with the fact that um, that R and D activities generally are most ex, um, effective for businesses when they're done in a location where other firms are doing a lot of R and D. It's it, and, and there are a couple of different mechanisms. These are these are what 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 urban economists like to call agglomeration economies. Um, you want to, you know, Silicon Valley is a nice agglomeration economy where it's just there's a lot of stuff going on there and a lot of activities in 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 high tech research which are just mm-hmm. better done there uh, because that's where the the good workforce is and it's also that that the nature of ideas is that they slide around with, between firms and they're just, you just learn a lot uh, by being close to other firms that are doing that kind of R and D. Sure. Um, for that reason, that 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 a business isn't capturing the full value of their R and D activities uh, themselves, um, and so you want to provide an incentive for this to cluster here. Sure, uh, as well as just attracting firms yeah. that do R and D. And, and these are the these are good, high paying jobs, and they really serve are a major portion of the economic base here. It's funny because you don't see that as a so much as an economic base because you're not seeing. You know, airplanes being shipped elsewhere or, mm-hmm. and such, but it really is is an economic, an important economic base. So, another uh, area where there uh, in the past there has been tax uh, adjustments, and I believe they elapsed for a while, uh, costing us construction of a few of these facilities. But the whole uh, idea of uh, of uh, giving tax incentives to build data centers. Uh, there's been some criticism of, of that. Uh, t- talk about that for a minute if you so, like, Chris. So the um, data centers are a really interesting um, 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 business. Um, and, and the problem with the, the thing with the data center is that um, home of, of a really large fraction of the cost of a data center comes from its construction and then its equipment with with uh, with servers and and those servers themselves um, will um, um, uh, you know have a very short lifespan you know economic mm-hmm. lifespan and they're being turned over so there's interesting study I was looking at that, that said that if you look at the 10-year cost uh, uh, costs of a, of a data center, a new data center, and then operating it for ten years. Um, that you know, the construction of the facility is represents thirty seven percent of that cost, uh, and then the IT hardware, the servers, and other things going are another thirty eight percent of the cost. Uh-huh. So you, you, you know, you put that together and you've got 75% of the cost is in the construction and the servers which are things that we would be collecting sales tax on at 9 or 10% conceivably yeah I think it was about 9% in the the locations where these things are going Mm -hmm. the the actual what it's costing you to staff it is only 5% 
Mm-hmm. They, over 10 years, without any kind of adjustment, the, the, um, the, the data center operator would be spending more in sales tax than they would be paying in staffing for the thing. You know, wow. it's just that, that, that applying sales tax to all of that is just, is, pardon my using your, it's gouging. Mm-hmm. It's we're just you're just try you're getting more out of them in sales tax than you than than, 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 than is justified by the level of the economic activity that's really going on there and it's really trying that's one where we're just trying to adjust down the sales the the amount that we're getting in sales tax in order to be commensurate with really the the um, um, the size of the the, uh, the size of the business operation, sure. and, and you know we, we um, and you you uh, and these kinds of uh, you know sales tax breaks for the server equipment and such are fairly common nationwide, and mm-hmm. you'll you see all of the data centers um, 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 uh, going to places where there are uh, adjustments to the sales tax rate for them, and and here we we had a set of incentives in place. For a while, then they lapsed, and in the period in which they lapsed, there were no new centers being built. No, well, I know we lost at least we lost one to Oregon. I believe yeah. that Amazon, yeah, uh, constructed. Yeah, and Oregon does not, you know, doesn't have a sales tax, so they come out very well there. And then they have uh, um, the other taxes will hit these some of these, these centers are property taxes. Mm-hmm. Our property taxes is not so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, um, well, we should and, talk about property gonna, taxes for a minute because and, of. Uh, but then Oregon has a special um, um, uh, sales tax, uh, property tax program for highly capital intensive businesses that the that the um, um, that the data centers falls under. So they get a big sure. break on that down there. Well, when you brought up property tax, I was thinking about uh, an issue that is uh, just pretty much a constant conversation in Olympia right now, which is the rural areas struggle to uh, to maintain ec- economic viability, the unemployment rates, drug use, all, all the different problems uh, that are going on uh, in areas that have a, a lack of economic vitality overall. And uh, isn't it true that in some of these counties where they put these data centers, there's been huge spikes in uh, property tax revenues? Yes, yes, a lot of crime. You know, the, all remember, all the, what I was talking about with all of this activity was going for construction. Mm-hmm. That creates something that goes on to the property tax rolls, and then the equipment um, goes on to the property tax rolls also. It depreciates rather quickly, but you're getting it's constantly being renewed. Um, and you'll see you know big jumps in in property tax revenues um, in the um, in the um, in the uh, city and cities and counties where this is is, is located, um, and at the same time you'll see property tax rates falling um, um, because the um, um, uh, the property tax burden is being shifted off of the existing proper the current pre the pre the uh, broader set of property owners on mm-hmm. to the data centers. Interesting. Interesting. So, uh, in sum, uh, Washington State, uh, 
uh, businesses pay more in taxes than most states. Yeah, that's right. They pay more in sales tax than most states. And they, uh, pay, more, and they pay more in sales tax than they pay in the business and occupation correct. tax, which is what we think of as the major major business tax. Sure, but and even in that case, there uh, many of the businesses that have a certain uh, a, uh, they don't have a that don't have a vertically integrated business model. They are somewhat penalized by yes. that fact in the B and O tax. So we yes. have that situation, and that's ameliorated by these adjustments, which keep our state competitive. Is that correct? Yes, that's and, right, and uh, and uh, create a fair situation. Interesting. So we've been talking about tax policy to promote economic vitality and we have a special report out with that title we encourage you to look at it it has a lot more information on all the things that we talked about today my name is lou moore i've been here with dr chris showbloom and thank you so much for joining us 